And I guess don't laugh. <laughs> it's too late. series on Mira's got a disability mm-hmm. but before we start we just wanted to say thank you thank you to Sam for making us new cover art she did a fab yes. job um, if our new cover art is loading for the place that you download from it's lovely cartoon versions of us courtesy of uh, my best friend <laughs> so uh, there's a few of us in the group and she's the artist one and uh, she did a she did a pretty fantastic job. If you would like to uh, ask her for an art piece, you can find her at Politerotica on Instagram, like politics and erotica smushed into a lovely, a lovely single word <laughs> situation. So, thank you again. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. So okay. So today we wanted to just talk about what it's like to live on virtually no income, aka government disability check. Um, I think there's a lot of, well, you even see it now with COVID and stuff like that, sort of this perception out there that, oh, people are just going to take the government benefits and not work. And, you know, it's a similar thing with disability. People are just going to pretend or whatever so that they can get a disability check and just stay home and not work. And I call bull because that's not fun for anybody that is just like so barely scraping by that you're really living on the edge all the time how much is your disability check every month Vera? um i get one thousand four hundred and ten dollars and forty two (laughs) cents every month and i would just like to say that 375 of that is considered to be the housing portion so if anyone anywhere covers their housing with $375 in a month. I'd like to know about that because I think that might have been doable in like, I don't know, 1970, but it's it's an insanely low amount. And what it does is just leaves people on disabilities to live in inadequate housing either, um, you know, with things like no running water or hot water or, you know, just really poor situations or living in shared accommodations which are not safe or or ideal for just adults who want to live independently you know yes and so it just it creates a lot of um problems just because how is anybody supposed to cover their housing with 375 dollars a month it's a ridiculous amount Yes, and um, along with $375 of that $1,400 being allocated for shelter, 52 of those dollars are also allocated for transportation costs, which I believe is probably about the cost of like a monthly bus pass in some cities, but I imagine that it's probably more expensive. City that would be because it's usually a few bucks. I like, I'm under the impression that if you're on disability, like, you can, like, kind of be like, you know, like, I can get cheaper things, like, you can get like a cheaper rate for that specific thing because, like, 
you have that designation, but I, yeah. I'm not sure because I don't live in a city that has public transportation, so. Well, we, we have very weird public transportation where we It's live. not really public. It's and it's not. not <laughs> it is transportation. I wouldn't call it. So there's a bus, like one of those little mini buses where we live. It says it's public transit on the side of it, but what you actually do is you phone them and say, hi, I live at this address. Can, can you pick me up? at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning and drive me to the grocery store and the bus will come to your house and pick you up and you pay your just regular bus fare of whatever it is a couple of bucks or whatever mm -hmm. and then they drive you they come to your actual house the bus they pick you up they take you to the grocery store and then you say super can you come back in an hour and pick me up and take me back home and they do so it is a very um i guess in some ways it's good but in some ways it's very awkward it's very strange, and, like, I understand because, like, also we have one taxi. Right. So, like, it's I, a small I, place. I kind of gather why they've done it this way, but also, like, it strikes me as, like, the way a child thinks public transit works, yes. you know? Like, yeah. it's just kind of strange. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bit of an odd, um, yeah, way to go. I guess maybe $52 would do it for you living here, but... I can't imagine that would work if you lived in, like, Vancouver or something like that. Yeah, and um, just in case anyone uh, didn't do that math, that's around $16,925 yearly. So not, not a huge amount of money. But in addition to that, if you are capable of working while on disability, you can bring home $15,000 on top of that if you can work. So that's also a fluid thing it's not like you can make this much amount of money every month and then that can add up to fifteen thousand dollars if you can only work for three months out of the year and you make 15k in those three months that's fine like you, you don't have to like spread it out kind of thing if if you can only work for certain periods then that's okay <clears throat> and then if you're over that they start clawing back the difference right yes and they start to uh bring back the difference dollar for dollar after you go over that amount. And uh, if you are in a coupled relationship, if you're married or if you're common-law, um, you can make $18,000 every year. So that's... Still not sucky. large. Uh, so that's the thing. It's like, okay, I'm sorry, but if they really think people are thinking like, oh, sweet, I'm gonna live the high life on my sixteen thousand dollars a year and pretend to have a disability like i there's just there's people are not doing that and I, okay i'm sure that there's somebody but it is not going to be the norm people don't want to live yeah. on sixteen thousand dollars a year it's really really hard to especially with the way rent is in british columbia it's difficult to find housing that's like under a thousand dollars a month plus utilities yeah well like, i would say like even in, in our tiny town that we live in to rent, if you were to just rent a one-bedroom apartment, I would say you're looking at minimum 1200 bucks a month. Oh yeah, definitely. So, yeah, <clears throat> where somebody came up with 375 So that's, I mean, $1,200 a month is almost the entire thing. You would have nothing left for groceries, for, you yeah. know, heat, things like, fun things like I that. I like shampoo. Extras. Socks. Extras. <laughs> things like that. Socks. Yeah, those extras. Which also leads into the thing of, like... <laughs> You know, it just keeps disabled people poor when they are unable to work on top of yes. being on, like, disability aid like that. But also, it's just a thing of, like, when you're on disability and you're not working, people find worth in our culture in you 
like giving labor to society kind of thing. If you're unable to give to society in some form or way and you are disabled, people just kind of see you as not contributing. Yeah. And like whether or not like you see that as true like you have to kind of like agree that that's culturally how that's seen because people will very often tell me even in a jokey way like that must be so nice you get to be on vacation all the time and it's like my full-time job is being in pain so <laughs> trade ya for your job at a and w or whatever because yeah it's just it's it's a weird assumption and you know, something that really kind of ticked me off was when at, when COVID started and Canada came out with CERB, with the Canada Emergency Response oh, Benefit. I think yeah, I have it written down somewhere. So yeah. anyhow, it was for people who, you know, whatever, all those things of like you lose your job or can't work da 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 due to mm-hmm. COVID. That amount was $2,000 a month. So what really annoyed me was that somebody figured out that $2,000 a month was the minimum someone could live off for a short period of time and yet a person on a disability is expected to live on $600 less than that every month permanently I I can't wrap my head around that logic it should you know if $2,000 is the minimum then $2,000 should be the minimum so someone who can't work due to COVID is now getting more than Mira gets. Not fair. Yeah, and also uh, during COVID, people that were PWD designated did get 300. Person with disabilities. Yeah, persons with disabilities got 300 extra dollars per month from April to December of 2020 and 150 extra dollars from January to March of 2021. But like, that's weird because again like you said like they determined what the amount for someone who is in a state of emergency needs to do and like correct me if i'm wrong but people who are disabled are very often in consistent states of emergency like regarding their own personal health and stuff you know like i spend more money on like comfort things and you know like i just have to do stuff like buy like more expensive pants and stuff just so they're comfortable when I feel sick and stuff like it's just weird stuff like that I mean it's a thing too that often a person with a disability needs a medical grade something or other Mm -hmm. like for example your um, magic pants your compression stockings so how much is a pair of compression stockings like 150 175 bucks depending on the length yes i do not pay 150 dollars for a pair of socks i pay two dollars mira pays 100 approximately 150 dollars so when you have when you require things extra to as part of your functioning as a human and that's expected to come out of that 1400 dollars a month i think sort of a big problem with it is that the expectation is that a person with a disability is going to be someone's financial responsibility, either a parent, mm-hmm. a spouse, uh, whatever there is. If you are, you know, say a completely disabled person, like someone who is severely, you know, mentally disabled or physically disabled, and you cannot live on your own, you are you you require full time care. You require, require full time care. Then. Maybe that amount makes sense because that is just um, assisting the person that's caring for you. Let's say a parent, for example. That's helping with the housing costs and helping (laughs) with the costs of, you know, any sort of medical whatever extras that you need, like $150 shocks. But if if that's not the case and you're a person who um, is able to live on their own and most people are able to want to live on their own, 
then that's just not enough. And this sort of assumption that people are lazy and milking the system and that kind of thing is really, it's annoying because the thing is, if you're living off that much a month, you have to be really smart with your money. You have to be really, um, you know, you have to budget well and know where everything's going because there's not a lot of room for error. You know, Mm -hmm. if you need, say, new runners, that's putting aside a little bit for a few months so that you've got the money for new runners. It's not being, um, I don't know, what's the word, just frivolous or whatever with your spending and that kind of thing, which is sort of, it's like a weird, that's sort of the impression, is you're Mm -hmm. lazy and you're, you're just spendy and that's why you're on disability. And yeah, it's very irritating. Also, like, it's a weird mentality because it also comes back to, like, that if you're not contributing to society, then, like, people have this mentality of, like, if you don't contribute, if you don't, like, do things in the way that I want you to do things or the way that I personally do them, then it's almost like they're saying you don't deserve things. Yes. Like, it's not even so far as being, like, I don't deserve to save enough money to buy a car or to buy a house or to have a child if that was my choice or any of the other things. It's just, like, you know getting Starbucks coffee that's $8 is like frivolous spending yes. when you're when you're only making that much money. You know, it's weird. It's a weird yeah. thing that happens when you're <laughs> when you get oh, you're on a disability, but you still get to go to the hairdresser. That's nice. Oh, you get you. your nails done? I get that a lot. You get your nails done and it's like, yeah, for 2 hours once every 3 weeks. I try to act like a person. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, here's my my thing. I I think that there should be a two-tiered system. I think there should be um, a designation for someone who is fully disabled, as in they need full care, full-time care Mm -hmm. from a person, and like a functional disability tier. If you are fully disabled and require full-time care, then you you know, the person that is caring for you, or however that works, but yes, that should be to assist your household in caring for that person. But if you're functionally disabled, even if you, if you're able to live on your own, whether you are able to work or not, I think that should be a different income that allows you to live in a safe and respectful manner that is, you know, equivalent to the rest of society. Not that you should be expected to be, just be grateful for what you get. Yeah, I definitely think that there should be a better system because I mean, like, even people that do have disabilities that require full-time care, like, they... I don't know. It feels like there's not good enough care a lot of times for people that are in those situations. It's not, you know, there isn't good enough training for specific situations and stuff like that. And, like, again, like you were saying, like, people who are disabled deserve respect no matter what is going on with them. And, like, it's weird that it's still a portion of society that oftentimes gets kind of overlooked for, you know, this basic kind of financial mistreatment, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I guess another thing that sort of is, I find really frustrating is, so in Canada, you can have a, you can save with your savings, an RRSP, Registered Retirement Savings Plan, or a TFSA, Tax-Free Savings Account. And if you are disabled, you can have an RDSP, a Registered Disability Savings Plan. Trying to find out information about an RDSP is the most complicated thing I have ever tried to research um and yet all you see all the time is you know if you google it and you look it up 
all it says is, oh, there's grant money available, which there is, which is great. And um, it's so easy to apply for and da da da. It's, it's very general and vague. It doesn't tell you any details about it. So we, you know, in, in looking it up, I finally, and I'm talking like I spent hours and hours and hours like Googling and researching. I work for a financial institution and no one there knew the, the parameters of it or how to go about doing it. I phoned the government, the British Columbia government line, and the lady I talked to said, well, you'd have to go, ask, go to a financial institution and ask them. And I said, I did. I work there. No one knows. And she was like, well, I don't really know either, but if you find out, could you phone me back and tell me the answers? And it's like, no. If the <laughs> banks don't know and the government doesn't know, then who knows? And I mean, my questions were things like, if you have a disability, you're allowed to have up to $100,000 in assets. So my question was, does the RDSP, is that included in that $100,000? Does that fall outside that $100,000? Are you allowed to, I, I kind of get the, after much, much research that an RDSP takes the place of an RRSP, a Registered Retirement Savings Plan. Um, so, which, okay, I get that. One takes the place of the other, but if you, don't qualify for an RDSP, can you still have an RRSP even though you have a disability? Like I have these specific questions and no one knew the answer. So what ended up happening was we phoned a different financial institution than the one I work at because they said they, they and by the way, not very many financial institutions even will set up an RDSP. Like there's a real, a handful. So we called one that did and they said, yeah, all you need is something that proves that you have a disability. So we went in, it was a two hour appointment, and it was super hot, anyhow. Um, and Mira brought with her the thing that, that, like the letter from the British Columbia government saying that, you know, her disability application had been accepted and she would be receiving this amount a month. So the person sets up the whole thing and, um, you know, that, that happens. And she says it'll be a couple of months before the grant money will kick in. So we're like, okay. So wait, 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 like, like what, six, seven, eight months later, mm -hmm. the grant money still hadn't shown up. So Mira phones this, this lady back at the bank and she's like, oh, that's weird. Okay. So she calls back and says, well, you don't have a, um, a disability, you haven't registered for the disability tax credit. And we were both like, you never said we had to register for the disability tax credit. You said we needed to bring in something that showed she was accepted as a person with a disability. Mm -hmm. And so doing the disability tax credit thing is a whole other ball of wax. That means like filling out a bunch of forms, getting a doctor to agree to sign them. It's a really high bar, like not being able to work does not qualify you for that. So as it stands, Mira has this RDSP that she's not getting grant money for because she maybe has to apply for a disability tax credit and then she can get the grants. But in the meantime, we don't know what to do with this RDSP. Like, does it have to be closed down and switched yeah. to something else? Can she still keep it without the grants? If she has that, does that mean she can't have an RSP? No one knows, no one knows. And even the people that set it up didn't know. So it's very frustrating because it's so complicated. No one has good answers for it and the the problem is is that RDSPs are for people with disabilities. By definition, 
those are not people with the capacity to hunt the stuff down you know whatever kind of disability you've got Mm -hmm. this should not be it you know you're you're already impeded in some sort of way and to make I don't it, have the energy to do this, right? Well, like, like, I don't have the energy to do it. And I feel like I'm a relatively intelligent person. <laughs> I cannot figure this out. And it is so aggravating. So it's, you know, but they are expecting people with disabilities to figure this out. And then all you read is, oh, there's all this grant money sitting here for RDSPs and people could get it, but they're just mm-hmm. not applying for it. Well, the reason they're not applying for it is because it's so complicated that even the people who administer them don't know what they're doing with them. Uh, it's super frustrating, and you, you know, it, it, when it's meant to be for a group of people who have some sort of impairment, it should be so much easier than this. So, so much easier than this, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So, anyhow, that's my rant about the finances of it. I appreciate it. Drive Lovely crazy. soapbox. <laughs> drive me crazy um coming back to the covid raise in uh assistance that they gave for pwd designated persons um they also permanently raised how much uh financial disability aid was in british columbia during that time so it used to be one thousand two hundred and thirty five dollars and now it's around 1410 every month so that was an increase of 175 dollars which is like the most that british columbia has ever like done all at once kind of thing like yeah. it was so i mean it was good it was something it's yes. not enough but at least it was something but that only puts me a little over $200 under the poverty line for British Columbia. Right. <laughs> like, it's still, like, I'm still not breaking that barrier, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm still there still kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, below the poverty line. Yeah. So, not fantastic. Not my favorite thing in the world. And, um... Along with the whole, uh, you know, I can make $15,000 if I am married or common-law with somebody, then it's $18,000. If you and your spouse are both disabled, then that's $30,000. And, like, that's how much you can make yearly. But also what that means is that, like, if you're disabled and you choose to marry someone else and they make more than $18,000 a year, you get nothing. They just have to support you. Like, that's what that means. And that's, like you the way that they're putting disabled people at risk for being financially abused by somebody is just immense like it's not good you know well and abused in any manner either financially or whatever physically emotionally because yeah, if you don't it, have it the money to leave what do you person. do yeah it traps a person and it makes them it makes people very vulnerable a lot of these systems that are set up to help are just not well done enough and, and instead they make people vulnerable Yes, and um, also we should mention that in British Columbia, you can, that can happen basically against your will. So if you are living with somebody that you're in a relationship with, you just become common law in BC after a while, and you don't have a choice about that. So if you're disabled, you have to live alone if you're in a relationship. That's, that's how it has to be. On your 375 a month. Yes, yeah. on, on your 375 shelter a month. Super fun for you. So roommates, apparently, is uh, they want college dorm life for you until you die, <laughs> is, is the suggestion, apparently. Well, I think that 
yeah not only does it make people vulnerable and and poor but you know the the whole thing about society looks down on poverty as though Mm -hmm. it's a a moral failing and it's not there's all kinds of things that lead to poverty and the thing is that people that live in poverty are generally very good with their money because they don't have any wiggle room they don't have you know rich grandparents that can bail them out if they mess up or Mm -hmm. whatever the scenario is uh you know you hear things all the time too like oh well you can just use the food bank well I think a lot of people do not realize that you can go to a food bank once a month Mm -hmm. and they give you I don't know what it is three three or four days worth of food it's meant to be a bit of a bridge not to be something to live off of Mm -hmm. um you know it doesn't account for the other 25 28 days in the month so comments like that are it it's it just it shows that society is really they they look down on poverty they see mm-hmm. it as um as a failure on the part of the person even if that person is working working three minimum wage jobs and you know poor is poor sometimes you can't get out of it true and also you know most people that are you know those looking down are themselves a few you know bounced paychecks away from being in the same situation so yes that is very true yeah i work in a financial institution people pretend they have money they don't actually have it they've borrowed all of it yeah and like i feel like people have like a different idea about what like young people are meaning when they are presently saying like eat the rich if you have people who work in your home to clean it or to cook for you or to drive you around places you're not who i'm talking about okay it's jeff bezos (laughs) that's insane you having someone who like knows how you like your handmade ravioli done and you pay them for it Mm -mm, different thing (laughs) like uh, it's it's just the the large swath of difference between the people that are like living on government assistance and the people that are living at like the highest possible cusp is just extreme and the people that are like you know quote unquote rich and like they're just like upper middle class basically yeah. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah they're doing well for themselves i don't have a problem with that do whatever you want okay when you have the ability to like literally solve homelessness in the country in which you live and choose not to yeah this is another thing. Jeff Bezos has all of our addresses, and he has all of our wish lists, and he has the most money of, like, anybody freaking ever. He's Santa? He could be Santa, and he's choosing not to be, is what I'm saying. I didn't know he had such a beef with Jeff Bezos, but he could be Santa. CEO, entrepreneur, refusing to be Santa. Born in 1964, still refusing to be Santa. There we go, everybody. (laughs) Wow, I did not That's my soapbox for this disability. had such strong feelings about Jeff Bezos. It's just because of how flippin' rich he was. It would be anybody if they were that flippin' rich, well, okay? it's the thing. It's like the 1% versus the rest of society is a whole... Like, yeah. It, you can't even comprehend how much money that is. I know. It's like, yeah. It's literally incomprehensible, which is the problem that I have. Like, people are living in abject poverty, and that is, like, the problem that I have. What was the thing that I had? There are 1.34 million vacant homes in Canada right now. (laughs) There's not a money problem. (laughs) 
There's a people problem. It's a distribution problem. <laughs> Which also means that there is six homes for everyone who's homeless within a year. That means that anybody who experiences homelessness within that year, even if it is not permanent homelessness, you don't have somewhere to sleep for six weeks, that's you. There's six homes for everyone who experiences that within a 12-month period. Which also means there's 38 homes for everyone who experiences homelessness on any given night. On any night, there's going to be 38 empty homes to anyone who is sleeping rough on the streets of Canada. That's an appalling ratio to me. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. Which is also why I have a problem with Jeff Bezos. He could buy all those houses, couldn't he? Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. (laughs) He probably couldn't. That's probably overstating his wealth a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows at this point, honestly? Isn't he on on track to be the first trillionaire or something? He's insane. But yeah, being poor is a hassle, and then when you're disabled on top of it, you tend to have extra expenses, which is not fabulous. So things like getting married, which also brings down your income if your spouse has good income themselves, they're just expected to support you, which is terrible. Yeah, another thing where you're expected to become someone else's financial burden. But also, I couldn't find anywhere that if you're on disability and you have a child, that they give anything back. Like, I couldn't find confirmation of that anywhere, so I don't know if that exists. Please, someone educate me if I'm wrong. I do not have a child, so do I don't know. Like, if you have a child and you're on disability, do you get more for having that child than, like, having a dependent as a disabled person? Oh. And I could not find confirmation of that anywhere. So, like, I don't know if having a child you know, entitles you to a bit more support every month. Yeah. Or not, and they're just expecting you to budget further on your fourteen hundred bucks for a baby. Well you would probably still get child tax benefit, so at least that's mm-hmm. something. Probably. But yeah. I don't know. But I mean, there's also just you know, like I mentioned, the whole thing about like if I even go get like Starbucks drinks or like, you know, craft stuff if I go like buy yarn for knitting and things it's like oh hobby items so you're doing things while you're disabled all day while you don't work and I do you Mm. should just sit and be miserable and stare at a wall yeah wow and people are like wow you watch so much Netflix that must be so nice and it's like it is mind numbing (laughs) anything else would be nice I would love to work somewhere just for like the small talk and people interaction (laughs) i know right like it would be so nice if you could work even if it was like like a half a day a week or something like Mm -hmm. that like minimal just to have like somewhere to go chit chat with people that kind of thing but because you don't know if you'll be conscious that day hard to schedule true Um, I also found an article that said that in January, a report was published um, by the government because the government basically posed to a bunch of um, professionals, like, what should we do Mm -hmm. with this uh, financial situation? You know, tell us what our, you know, best uh, plan of action is for fixing the financial situation and doing, like, universal basic income for BC. Oh, okay, yeah. And the panel basically recommended reforms to the existing social systems and also said that we should target basic income for certain populations like those that are escaping domestic violence youth that are aging out of care like foster systems and stuff like that and also disabled people 
because disability assistance rates should be raised at least $500 so that it reaches the poverty line and like, you know, if if your disabled population is not reaching the poverty line, then you've got problems there and like you need to bring that up before you talk about basic income for everybody else. Yeah. Which I mean, I can agree with if you have a population that cannot work versus a population that can work and does not make enough money working, I think that it's more important to assist those that are, you know, in in a you know quote unquote worse off situation so to speak yeah yep. <clears throat> oh and I was gonna mention too that uh, sometimes with disability you have a specific diet that you have to follow also yes which can also be expensive which can also be expensive so there's Another a medical thing <laughs> it's such a it's such a a weird imbalance where you're given very little money and and but you have added expenses and yet. You can never do anything like, say, buy a car on that. Go on vacation. Go on vacation or, or any normal things because, like, just for example, if you had a car, all the costs that would go along with a car, like fuel and insurance and all that sort of thing, would eat up such a huge portion of your disability that mm -hmm. it's, it's not possible. Or, yeah, doing something like going on vacation or just normal life stuff, nothing extravagant. People on disability are not living extravagantly. Um, they did in 2015 increase asset limits from $5,000 for single people living with disability and $10,000 for couples to $100,000 and $200,000. That is quite so a jump. That is good, but also that means that before 2015, if you were disabled, your asset cap was ten grand as an adult, so you could not as, buy a car. As a couple? As a single is ten, or you know, as a couple is ten thousand. As single is five thousand. So like, 5, no car, no house, no like Bank account. Yeah, Can't it's like for emergencies because you were allowed to have five thousand dollars. That is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Like that's even the hundred thousand dollar cap is minimal because like, you know, I literally it, thought it was ten thousand dollars because it seems too low. So there we <laughs> are. Like, <laughs> it, it's you know, a hundred thousand dollars is. Um, you know, when you when you think about things like say, a car, a house, a retirement account, that adds up to a hundred thousand dollars really quick. And yes. to say a person with a disability is not allowed to have that, like, why? Why does anybody care? Why? Yeah, it comes back to the like disabled people aren't allowed to have things. Why am I not allowed to enjoy life? Yeah. Somebody explain it to me. Like, somebody tell me why I'm not allowed to go buy craft things. Somebody tell me why I'm not allowed to have enough money to have a hobby. Like, you know, I dye my hair, yeah. I get my nails done, and people are like, mm, huh. Yeah, or... Like, I don't do that. <laughs> go with your friends to see a whatever concert or go to Vegas yeah. or whatever. Yes, it's expected that you do not have... You're not ex allowed or expected to have a comfortable fun life you're expected to just exist yeah and like here's the thing a lot of people don't actually like know about what the situation with disability and the financial situation for people people that are on disability currently is in british columbia and in canada and you know if you don't have close friends that are on disability i don't necessarily expect you to know but also like you know i've mentioned before like you're your internalized isms and like ignorance that's 
part of being human, right? Like we are born not knowing nothing, we live not knowing everything, and we die like with gaps in our knowledge. That's just how it is. We are beings of ignorance and that's how it is. But when you are presented with evidence of gaps in your knowledge, you should do some sort of work to fill them because that is where your ignorance leads to like a bad kind of ignorance, you know? Yeah. Ignorance is inherent in humans and inherent, you know, things within us are just, you know, ingrained parts of culture that we get raised with. But it's your duty to work on those things and to deal with it and, you know, I'm telling you that there's a problem with disability stuff and, um, you know, I'm a disabled person telling you there's a problem, so please do your research and mm -hmm. understand that there's a problem because a lot of times when there's issues like this, the marginalized groups that are being affected don't get listened to, but when other groups take notice and start also joining in on those protests and movements and stuff, then it gets a little bit more attention. So it's important for abled people to be involved in disabled activism and, you know, have opinions about things and, you yeah. know. Well, it's the thing too of like, finances are a, a taboo subject for a lot of people to start with. Yes. but. It, it goes back to the thing I was talking about with the RDSPs and all that kind of stuff and how complicated it all was and yet it's made for a group of people who already have a challenge in front of them to, to get a group of people together to advocate for this and you're the expectation that well the disabled should advocate for themselves well you're asking a lot of a group of people that does not have the ability to do so either physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Energy-wise, energy, yeah, whatever. whatever. I mean, there's so many, there's there's a blockade in their path. That's why they are a disabled person. And they don't, as a group, they're not a good set to uh, go advocate for, you know, higher disability and better programs and that kind of thing. And that's why um, it, it ends, it falls on the people in their lives who are not disabled to to advocate for them. And I mean, that happens a lot, where like the groups of people that are dealing with issues at hand are tired in some way of dealing with those things for so long, mm -hmm. or tired of, you know, all the things that have gone along with it, and it happens over and over and over again. There was police brutality issues in America last year, and, you know, those people are tired of dealing with racially charged issues with police yeah. forces. That's a problem. There were indigenous children found in Canada earlier this year, and it was... You mean the bodies of? Yes, the bodies of the indigenous children that were found in Canada earlier this year. And, like, that's horrible, but I don't blame any indigenous people for being like, I am tired of all of the generational trauma that I'm dealing with over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And like, it happens over and over with marginalized groups where, you know, you've had repeated things happen to groups of people that are involved with and, you know, disabled people have <laughs> been through the ringer from all kinds of governments all across the world and, yeah. you know, at least we aren't treated horribly in Western society, for the most part, at least, you know, the majority of us have, you know, the ability to... But you're pitied. Is that better? I know, but, you know, at least we're not, like, hate crimey, you know? Well, like, <laughs> yeah, I that's true. I'm alive, right? Like, you know, no one's ever tried to kill me for being part of a marginalized group, right? Yeah, it's just the thing that you... That you disabled people tend to just sort of get ignored and swept under the rug. Yeah. It's very much like the, you don't contribute to society, so 
Yeah. So you're not a person. Yeah. Um, I have my also consider section. Okay. Um, also consider that if you see disabled people doing things, that doesn't mean that they can work. If I can do something for four hours, that doesn't mean I can go do a four-hour shift. Because if I have to get up in the morning and spend half an hour showering and then half an hour getting ready and then half an hour commuting somewhere, then we're not four hours, you know? Like, we're not there. <laughs> Things take time and, uh, you know, being able to work for uh, for four hours does not equal being able to do things for four hours. Right. Like, they're, yeah. they're different sets of stuff because you have to there's so much things to do to get ready and also to get back afterwards. Like, imagine you've run yourself totally into the ground working a shift and now you've got to get on a bus for 45 minutes right. to go home. Yeah. Like, what a nightmare. <laughs> um, also, you can't work if it, it, if it... Sorry. You can't work if it destroys your ability to do anything else. Right. It Like, you can't. You, you are a disabled person that is unable to work if you do nothing else. If you come home and you die afterwards, you're... Yeah. You're not what functional. Using up that energy for that? Um, also consider, I'm not faking sick, I'm faking being well. <laughs> and I'm really good at it. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. People always say, oh, she seems so happy, and she was smiling and laughing. And I'm saying, uh-huh, she's good at that. She's very good. Being resilient does not imply a lack of suffering. <laughs> also another consider, one that I brought up the other day. Uh, I don't care if people are taking advantage of social systems. I don't care. I don't know yeah. how much more plainly I can express this. I do not care. Yeah. Don't care. Doesn't the, bother me. Don't paint everybody with the same brush. For the small percentage of people that are going to take advantage of it, who cares? Hit the other 95% that are not taking advantage. You right. know? Like, I, I don't care. I just don't. I, I don't have the energy to care. I don't have the room to care. If it's something that you personally care about, feel free to deal with that on your own time. Yeah. I don't care. I just don't. I can't find the energy or the willpower to give a shit about someone milking the government for $1,400 a month. Right. Like, you're not making freaking bank. You're not rolling in it, okay? And, like, maybe I'm a dick, but <laughs> money, like, time theft and money theft and whatever happens all the time in employment, and, you know, people put down the wrong things on their timesheets, either by mistake or on purpose, whether it's, like, an extra three cents or three dollars or... <laughs> or whatever, yeah. $25,000. At some point, it's called embezzlement instead of time theft, but employers and employees do it alike, and I don't care. I can't care. I just don't, okay? <laughs> well, it, but it's, like, it's, it's going to be such a small percentage that does that and, and puts the energy into taking advantage of that that whatever. Air is human. The majority. I just don't care. I just don't. Who needs it then? Yeah. It just, it doesn't bother me. Like, I just, <laughs> I, I can't care. Um, also, consider that telling a disabled person to just commit a felony by lying to the government is probably not good. Don't, don't advise that. Why um, Well, if you tell a disabled person, like, well, why don't you just, like, have all cash savings? that's lying to the government, and if your disabled friend does that, you tell nobody. <laughs> well, also, what if your house catches on fire? Then oh, you... There goes all your cash savings. Then you pretend your mattress was very expensive, I guess. <laughs> your Mr. Krabs cash stuff mattress over there. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, telling disabled people, oh, well, why don't you just do full cash savings and just lie to the government so that you can uh, have more savings and yeah, work under the table and do it that way. Um, not a good look telling the disabled to just lie to the government to make more money. Uh, why don't you advocate for the disabled to make more money if that's how you feel, okay? (laughs) If your advice is commit some fraud. (laughs) then why don't you do some uh, advocating? Uh, Basic income should be a thing. Yes. 100% agree. Um, Also, I shouldn't be forced to divulge my medical information to every person who feels entitled to it. (laughs) Just because I am on disability. Right. Very weird way that people uh, feel that way. If I'm sitting in priority seating on a bus, just assume it's an invisible disability. I don't have to look disabled. Right. Because also... Ma'am, what does that mean? <laughs> Please tell me what looking disabled means. Like, you know? Seems if you make me get up out of this bus seat, I might throw up. So, <laughs> your call. Uh, rent in BC needs to be lower. It just needs to be lower. Rent in what? Rent in BC needs to be oh, lower. Oh, rent. Oh, yeah. And Or they need to provide an amount that's a reasonable amount. Of yeah. Rent. Or $5 is stupid. Everybody else needs to make more money also also a thing that can happen if you want to keep the rent at the same amount fine but everyone else needs to make more money <laughs> every everybody gets more money that's uh that's just I, how it is. works um also consider poverty exists not because we can't feed house and care for the poor the disabled and other marginalized groups it exists because the rich cannot be satisfied <laughs> yeah. we come back to jeffrey bezos you can be santa just understand, you could. You could be Santa. You're choosing not to be. He has all the tools. He has all the tools. Prove me wrong. Can I just tell you a quick story about um, disability seating on a city bus? Please do. So I was pregnant with you. Okay. And I was sitting in one of the front three seats that are like, you know, the, the priority there's a little seating. sign that yeah. says like, please give this seat up to an elderly or disabled person. Right? And I'm like, it's summer. And I'm like eight and a half months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting in one of these seats, and this man gets on the bus, and he's on crutches. And, um, like, a guy in his, like, 30s or whatever. The guy sitting in the other disabled seats across from me, who is, like, you know, probably 35-ish, 40-ish, says to me, you need to get up and give that guy your seat. (laughs) So I did while giving the guy the stink eye the whole time, haul myself like a beached whale to my feet and swing off around the pole so I can give it. And hey, yes, the guy on the crutches needed to sit down or he's going to go flying as soon as the bus Mm -hmm. moves. But, so the eight-month pregnant person should give up their seat rather than other guy? Like, anyways, that's always stuck with me. It bothered me. It's always struck me as weird because, like, yes, there are three priority seats, but, like, if you see someone get on the bus that obviously needs a seat, why wouldn't other people also get up out of their non-priority seat? Right? Whole busload of people looking down, pretending they don't see the guy in the crutches. And this guy says to me, you need to get up and give him your seat. The pregnant person. Only pregnant person on the bus. It's crazy that... Visibly pregnant, I should say. It's crazy that when uh, disabled people that uh, visibly require seating get on buses, everybody else immediately becomes blind. (laughs) Yeah. I can't see you and I'm not giving up my bus seat. Anyways, that's all I've got. You got anything else? Um, being on disability sucks. Yeah. Um, I wish I could do things. Stop acting like it's a vacation. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. That about summarizes. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. All right. It was fun as always. Okay. See you all later. Next time. <laughs>